come into a class with some experience and you say, oh, well, yeah, that's how it looks in the book, but I've seen it this way (laughs) and you kind of get shot down. What's up, everybody? Awesome episode today. Today, I am talking with Ben and Greg from the Real Talk School of Nursing podcast. If you guys haven't listened to this podcast yet, it is a lot of fun. It's Real Talk School of Nursing. And Ben and Greg, you know, are, are, are EMTs who then went to nursing school and they share their stories. They talk, they talk very openly, very frankly about their journey in nursing. So once you've listened to this episode, head over to iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're at, and just search Real Talk School of Nursing and make sure you subscribe. These guys are a lot of fun. They're very awesome. You can also find them up on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere on social media at Real Talk School of Nursing uh, or Real Talk Nursing. So be sure to check these guys out. It's Ben and Greg with Real Talk Nursing. And lastly, if you haven't had a chance to try out the NRSNG Academy, you can try it out for just $1 for a three-day trial. It includes all of our courses, OB, PEDS, Med Surge Labs, Cardiac, EKG, Farm, just so many things. It also includes tools. It includes our question bank. It includes flashcards. It includes image database. There's so much there. If you go to nrsng.com academy, nrsng.com academy, you can get started for a three-day trial for just one buck. All right, guys, enjoy the show. I'm Ben and this is Greg. Greg. We are a podcast called The Real Talk School of Nursing. Um, I guess we just started this like February, like yeah, early this year. Almost a year ago. Yeah, we're getting up there. We uh, we always have some harebrained schemes, and this one, we listen to podcasts a lot, so they're like, well, why don't we start our own? So we're what hoping we to grow with it, because uh, I'm still a nursing student. Uh, ben is on his way out. He just graduated. Yep. But the show is just going to grow with us, hopefully, and we're just going to continue to record. But uh, yeah, we just do a lot of complaining, usually, on the show. <laughs> you know, that's actually why I liked your show. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't know, that's kind of, I, I mean, I we talked about this before we started recording and stuff, but I have some uh, definite strong sentiments about nursing school and the way it's done and stuff. So I, I appreciate, you know, it's it's obvious that you guys have, you know, a lot of experience in nursing and stuff, too, or in healthcare, I should say, you know, and it's uh, it's frustrating to to go through that experience and see what you should be taught, you know, versus what you are mm-hmm. being taught and stuff. So, yeah, I'm happy we finally got the chance to, uh, to talk to you. Cause the only thing we really knew of you was, uh, you know, just looking at the iTunes, um, you know, top, top podcast list and your face being all over there. <laughs> yeah. We got like 3 million podcasts. So I know <laughs> I'm trying to unseat, unseat the throne there. You have an empire. There's a podcast <laughs> empire. Yeah. I mean, that all start. So yeah, that's a good question. So if you go back and like, listen to the first podcast, I think I like recorded into my phone and I was just, I think I was just kind of ranting on something, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, let's just try this, you know, and I put it up there and like people started listening. I was like, okay, you know, there's people that want to hear this stuff. So started going and then the NRSNG podcast kind of started out growing what I was talking about, you know, because I started focusing on on meds for a little bit. I was like, well, let's do a, a you know, a pharmacology focused one. And then I started talking about a lot about lab values. And so I kind of just started building a different podcast for each thing. Um, and I think it really helped because, you know, like podcasts can get overwhelmed if you start talking about just whatever, you know, and then this NRSNG one has kind of become more kind of the motivational one and the occasional like A and P and, and, and stuff type episodes on here. But yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that struggle, you know, like you guys did and like I did with nurse, nursing school. 
And I think the intimacy of podcasting really helps because, you know, you can listen when you're jogging, you can listen when you're, you know, that's what I used to do. I used to listen when I was driving to work and like, you felt like, you know, the person and then, yeah. And so I I just love the intimacy of it. I think it's more than like YouTube, you know, where it's public comments and like, this just feels like you're just having a conversation, I guess. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, we, we kind of, we kind of saw some of yours, um, you know, with the, the pharmacology ones and the, and the uh, lab value ones and sort of, you know, sort of realized that you were kind of the, um, you know, yours were like five, six minutes, you know, quick and dirty. You want to talk about this, talk about this med, talk about this lab value. And that's that. I know that if we did that same thing, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have, the listenership, you know what I mean? Cause you, it's out there already. There's a couple different, yeah, you're out there and you know, you know what I want to try to say? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we almost wanted to be like the, uh, just like the, the casual, the leisure, um, the talk show almost. We like doing interviews. I think that's one of our favorite things about the show is talking to the people. We've had a couple pretty interesting people on. Uh, we had a gentleman who he's starting his own company, nurse search, kind of putting like private duty nurses in with the right people. Uh, we talked to, um, the, the creator and the CEO of the squatty potty, which was a, uh, <laughs> I didn't hear that. Oh yeah. It's a good one. Uh, <laughs> look back on there. It, it's fun. We had him on for an interview and he was just, he was just like a really cool dude. And, um, we've, we've actually even told our patients like that come into the ER. Oh, Hey, you're having some constipation try this out. And, <laughs> try out uh, the squatty potty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we should have maybe like parlayed like a, a coupon code or something. Yeah, they should be paying us. <laughs> yeah, that's Real right. talk nursing, 15% off. But <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what we kind of wanted to do. And then we also wanted to do a show that could, that could grow with our careers as well too. So, you know, it's going to change a little bit, but it's still the same type of, you know, same subject matter. Oh, for sure. And there's, there's endless, you know, there's endless stuff to talk about. That's like, you look on Instagram or Facebook and there's so many nurses out there talking about nursing, but I mean, there's just so much to talk about with it, you know, and there's so many spins to take, like, like what you guys are doing, you know, the two male nurses just chatting about the career, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's a niche for that in nursing and it's awesome. It's been fun. I mean, our ER, I mean, well, you probably can attest to this too. Like in the critical care areas, you've got probably more male nurses there mm-hmm. than, and you know, than anywhere else in the, the nursing profession in terms of um, areas, nursing areas. So we have some pretty great role models, I think, in the ER mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, male nurses, which I know I'm going to definitely model some of my actions after them. Uh, but we work with such a great group of people just in general that I think we're, we're super lucky to uh, work there. And then he's super lucky to get a job there. And then hopefully coming up here in a few months, I'll get a job there too. Cause that's where I want to grow, you know, oh, at least yeah. in the beginning. I mean, I have my theories on it, but why do you guys think it's more males in, in ER ICU than anywhere else? This is just what I think. I, I dislike when people say, you know, when, when they ask, you know, where I work and I say I'm in the ER and they say, you must be an adrenaline junkie. I think we talked about this before, but yeah. it's not that. I just think, um, I just think a lot of the other. Uh, uh, I gotta be delicate how I no, say. No, say. I mean, say never, say it like you will. Yeah. Yeah, we're never delicate. <laughs> That's true. We are never delicate, and that. That's the point. Uh, I'll talk about this obviously later too, but 
floor nursing, I just knew floor nursing wasn't for me. It's not the kind of nursing I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there is more excitement in the ER. And I'm the kind of person that needs, I guess I need a lot of stimulation. I don't know. Do you have ADD? I think I might. Yeah, I think you do too. <laughs> Maybe I, we all I, do. I, I can't sit still right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what, I don't know what the draw is. I don't know if there's one factor of the draw. Um, but I think it may come from, I think people do have that adrenaline thing to it. You know, there's a lot going on and I also think it's the independence. I think uh, a lot of men enjoy being very independent mm-hmm. and not having to rely on many things. So you you can do a lot in the ER or the ICU and you can almost make some of the, not the, the, the actual decisions, but you can think like a physician and then kindly suggest it to your attending <laughs> um, as to what you think is the right next steps, <laughs> maybe in a patient's care. Um, oh, yeah. No, so I mean, I think I that's think why it fits me, too. Good. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that, too, because I work, I work nights and ICU um, and in the neuro ICU where none of the hospitalists ever wanted to go. They just hated it. So, like, I, like I loved it. Like, there could be, if things were going smooth, like, I wouldn't even see a physician, you know, and I, I kind of liked yeah. that. Like, I could just kind of run the ship and, and take care of everything. And if, if things went down, I knew they were there. But otherwise, you know, it was just kind of us, a few nurses kind of run the show, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, li- I, like, the, uh, I like the doctors nearby. It's not as a crutch. I, I don't see it as a crutch. I don't think any of our nurses see it as a crutch. It's just really nice to to be able to interface with them. Cause sometimes you just get some random, you know, if you're in a big teaching hospital, some random resident that, you know, you'll see sparingly because they're worried about something else, but you know, you get to really see your ER attendings and your ICU attendings. You get to know them really well. People with our NRSMG team is Susan. She works in a big university uh, emergency room. And she, like having her talk with us who are like ICU nurses or floor nurses, like it's a different ball game. Like once you get in the elevators, leaving the ER, like everything changes in the rest yeah. of the hospital. Because <laughs> she's like, you guys can't do that. Like, that's crazy. And I'm like, I mean, I thought I had a lot of independence, but man, it's nothing like what you get in the ER. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't even know how, to, like, it's just funny seeing people come to our ER and they don't even know like where room 25 is. It's like <laughs> to us, that's just like simple. Like, it's, oh, it's right there. But they yeah, get lost all the time. Yeah, I like had my path. I would stay going to like to the ER to get stuff because otherwise I'd be totally. I had no. I have no clue what's going on down there. And I think they see us. It's like, I, I mean, I think they were mostly nice to us, but I think they definitely saw us as like outsiders. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. We we tag you immediately as an outsider. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it. Oh, anytime, anytime. It sets you apart though, so we know you don't get lost. We're like, oh, there, there you go. Know, there's an ICU nurse. They're lost. <laughs> But we still rely a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we rely on uh, from the ICU. Like there's some silly things like the cool guard catheter, you know, post arrest, Mm -hmm. pop in one of those. Mm -hmm. An ICU nurse has to come down and set that up. Right. So it's kind of strange, like where we still rely on the ICU for some, you know, obviously the patient's going to go there. Right. But getting things set up initially. And yeah, I always thought that I think it'd be a great idea to have them come down to the ER if they're going to take a patient. And obviously, like we would help still transport the patient, but a, a bedside report sometimes in the ER, I think, would be very helpful. Dude, that would um, that would that's like that's a revolutionary idea, and it's so simple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think most most in healthcare, especially nursing, the simplest ideas can actually change the most, and they could be the most beneficial. Um, How come I've know, never seen that done anywhere before? Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's it's something that I throw around. I have a my one of my best friends. He's a 
cardiac uh, ICU nurse. He actually just stopped. He's going to be going to CRNA school here in January. But we have these conversations all the time. And I'm just, we haven't had him on the show yet. And I always wanted to have him on. We haven't had him on. But that's one of the ones that we tossed around a lot was, you know, he takes a lot of patients from the OR, not the uh, ER. Right, right, right. And uh, he, he even said, like, he would love to go down there sometimes and take a report at the bedsides, you know, see if he notices anything that he has a question on. Because once you start transporting a patient, anything you know, can all happen. All hell breaks loose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As soon as you move them, like you turn a turn an ARDS patient a little bit, and you, you know you. So yeah, I mean, I've never seen that done, and I mean, we've talked about it a lot on our show and, and on our blog and stuff. That like there's this crazy like animosity between like ED and ICU nurses when when it comes to report because you guys give report differently than we give, yeah. and it fits what you do in your job. Like you tell us what yeah. matters to you but it's not what we're looking for, you know? So yeah. the easy fix for that is, yeah, like take the elevator down two floors, look mm-hmm. at the patient and then transfer it yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's just like the, I think it's just the change of scenery. Like if we come down, like we come up to an ICU room and it is, you know, all set up correctly the way that the ICU nurse likes it, everything's there. And I feel like walking into those rooms, you touch one thing. <laughs> what are you and, doing? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's just the scenery change. Rick, I, I think, I'm pretty sure like, do you, do the ER nurses in your, uh, in your hospital, they come up with the patient? Yeah. Like they'll come up with one yeah. tech, drop it off, drop it, drop them off. Yeah. And like, here you go. You know, and, and it's like, and then you start seeing, you know, the ICU nurses get in their little corner, the ED nurses get in their little corner and it's like, you know, this little like West side story or something, you know, exactly. <laughs> Somebody's going to start snapping. Yeah, exactly. But, like yeah. pretty soon fingers are snapping and, and, and people are tap dancing, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I don't know, maybe it, it'd be such a radical change of scenery that that could help. But I also think that, you know, people just get, they get pigeonholed into what they're doing. And there, there needs to be such a, such a huge bridge between the ICU and the ER. It really does. That needs to be created. And I, there's some, there's some new units out there. I don't know if you've ever seen like the university of Michigan has a, yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. They have a, they have a whole new unit. That's like a, a emergency critical care unit that, oh, that's awesome. you know, patients that still need, you know, they, they still need to go to MRI. They still need uh, a bunch of central lines or an art line. Um, they're like sort of resuscitated, but they're not quite there yet to go to an ICU bed to be monitored. Hmm. Um, and th- they actually even created a brand new um, residency and fellowship program too that kind of bridges the gap. It's a, like an ER, EM and critical care medicine fellowship. Well, that's awesome. Because you know, well, yeah, because I mean, down to the ER. Yeah, because you guys like you guys start the neo or the levathet or whatever, and then it's like mm-hmm. I mean, you're not used to managing it for six yep. hours so yeah bring the nurse down because exactly. the mri yeah i mean the mri machine might be busy for the next two hours and it's like yep. having somebody there that's kind of used to, i mean that's yeah that's a that'd be an awesome field to work in because you get that little bit of ed but you still get that kind of longer term management but it's yep. you're, you're right it's a totally different ball game it's not bringing in that acute stroke and dropping them off in icu it's like we got to take care of them for four more hours or whatever yeah, you know, it, it, you, well, even you know, with that, you've got all those checks. So you you dump mm-hmm. a bunch of TPA in them, and you've right. got all those checks you need to do. There's no and, ED nurse that can have that kind of time. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a bridge the gap, and I think it looks like you know, reading a bunch of a bunch of articles on it, it looks like that's going to be maybe not the trend, but more places going towards that trend, hmm. especially at those large you know inner city hospitals that that have the volume and that receive a ton of patients as well too, whether it be EMS brand new patients or, you know, flown in from an outside facility. 
because sometimes those patients are an absolute disaster as well too <laughs> when they when they land in the ICU because yeah. they came from a, a rural ED and then boom, <laughs> they're coming right to an ICU bed. So those are yeah, you know, that's a I love that idea, man. I think that's I think that'd be incredible. And I'm I already hear folks. Yeah, I'm for, here first. <laughs> here first. So with uh. Because from what I've seen, I mean, we'll talk a little more about this, I guess. But from what I've seen, like EMTs and ED nurses have a really great relationship. I mean, is that for the most part? Yeah, you know, they're. I mean, you get to know your fire department and your buddies. You do, yeah, yeah, yeah. You really do. I mean, those those people will become. They become more than just. uh, They're definitely coworkers, even though you don't work in the same department. You just see them so much that they're coworkers. And then you also, I mean, we hang out with a lot of the. the medics and stuff too, like after work. And, uh, you know, our jobs are very similar. They parallel for a lot of the time and then they, you know, ours go off in a different direction than theirs do. But, um, it's, it's nice to have that good, good working professional relationship. And even like the, you know, the, the friend relationship too, because you, you kind of, then, you know, when somebody comes in with a patient, you can kind of just look at them, how they're walking or acting and you mm. know, okay, this is like a, this is a, a, a real shortness of breath, not just a, so, yeah, it got really cold out, you know, so you can kind of, you can kind of see that before you even, uh, before you even assess the patient. That's awesome. So you guys both did the, the EMT thing before nursing school. Yeah. Yeah. For a short time, we, we pretty much realized that the money and the fun is all in the <laughs> hospital and nursing. So they don't get paid enough, which is, it's sad, but, uh, they don't get paid enough. No, 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 not enough. Would, I mean, would you guys recommend that to people like investigating healthcare or, I mean, cause EMT takes like 18 months or something too, doesn't it? Mine was pretty quick. I was did it? an accelerated program. Yeah. Hmm. Mine was, um, mine was three months in the summer. Oh, wow. But it was pretty, it was pretty extensive. So I mean, a lot of your I, EMT stuff is on the job training then. Yeah. Well, paramedics, they, theirs is more like 18 months, maybe gotcha. even longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have uh there there's definitely a much longer program. Um, but I I, I definitely suggest it because I think the the skills that you learn are like especially if you plan on going into nursing, because it's all about the assessment and you're doing an assessment, you know, whether it be at the the motor vehicle side or at the patient's couch side or at the you know, nursing home bedside, that those assessment techniques, if you can mm. just you know hone those and you can adapt those and just see a ton of patients. So you kind of know what the, the norms are. And then if you bring that to nursing school, you're, you're going to be above and beyond all of your peers because you've got that normal sound or that normal look, uh, that normal feel and touch before you even you know touch your first patient as a you know quote unquote student nurse. And I think there's some valuable lessons to be learned out in the field, um, but it's very different. It, it, it makes it a little difficult though sometimes in school because you have your way of doing things and it's going to change. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, cause you, you guys are kind of the, the lone rangers. I mean, cause I hadn't really thought about that, that like you're in people's homes, like doing your initial assessment or your focused assessment, you know, and that's, that's cool. I mean, you get, you really see the part of healthcare that no one else gets to see is that home environment and everything of that, of that COPD yeah. patient or heart failure patient, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like speaking of like heart failure, I mean, you're, you're, literally seeing what that patient's eating. Yeah. So you can kind of know like, Hey, okay, this is probably, you know, CHF exacerbation because the Christmas ham over there is half eaten and it's our, you know, it's only December 19th. So, um, the living conditions. And I think a lot of our medics and EMTs are pretty good at conveying that social side to, mm-hmm. to us at the bedside, or at least the nurses at the bedside. Mm-hmm. 
I say us because we're in the rooms pretty much right when they roll into, um, but you know, they, they can convey that social side of it and you kind of can get a little, little bit extra of the history, um, just by the, the condition of the house or, you know, so-and-so checks in on the patient, but it turns out they haven't been there for months. Right. So right. it's kind of depressing sometimes, but you, you get a lot of back story information that you wouldn't get otherwise. And that may be lost in the, in the report that we, you know, that yeah. a nurse would give to the floor. Oh yeah. I mean, and then you imagine the patient stays there for two or three weeks and by the end of it, like no one even, uh, it's not even the same person report to report, you know, it's a totally different yeah. patient and different background and everything. It's like the telephone game, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, what questions do you guys have for me? I've kind of been drilling yeah. you about EMT stuff. No, yeah. That's, oh, that's cool. <laughs> we're, we're about, we love talking. I love EMTs, we, uh, man. I really do. We, uh, we had some things we wanted to ask you regarding your podcast, actually. Um, as you are, what well, what we consider the innovator of nursing podcasts. Um, do you think that the self-produced content is the best way to go for education for, for nurses or, and, or entertainment? Um, like it's, I feel that it's, these podcasts are taking the, taking the places of like blogs mm. now, like they're, Cause you can listen to them anywhere. Yeah. You don't have to sit down on your computer and read a blog. Yeah. I mean, I, so I do. And I, you know, I, cause we've been doing this for about two years or so now. And, and what I've seen, you know, is you can get that, that person who's still at the bedside working with patients, seeing the innovations, seeing the real things going on. And then they're able to come and tell you those stories and you're able to like, listen to the story and be like, you know, like as a student, put yourself in that situation. Like, what would I do? You know, what was I just taught? you know, versus just the, the kind of dry formal classroom where it's just, you know, 30 minutes of covering every cardiac disorder, you know, and then you can come back and listen to 10 different podcasts on, you know, angina, CHF, you know, all kinds of different things that are focused and, and patient specific that you just, you can't get that in a classroom, you know? And so I, 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 like we were talking about the intimacy of it, like having these experienced nurses just tell you stories and it feels like you're there and walking you through the scenario. Like I, I, I wish that I had this when I was going through school, you know, like somebody just that felt like a mentor that was telling me what they would do and, and then telling me their struggles. Because I think even like with, uh, like I love podcasting because it can, like, I don't, you don't have to see my face, <laughs> you know, you don't have to see my writing style. I can just, I can just tell stories and, uh, you know, you can be a little bit more raw and a little bit more honest. And I think sometimes people like to hide their vulnerabilities and their fears and stuff and, I think everyone would be surprised if, if you found out how scared every other nursing student is, you know, but when you, when you hear somebody who's made it through, you know, like you guys or like myself telling you like, man, it sucked for me too. And it was hard for me too. I think it gives that little bit of courage. Like, all right, it, it was hard for Ben and Greg and it was hard for John, but, but they made it so I can do it too. You know, and you can't get that from a teacher. Like they can't tell you it sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Know. They can't. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I mean, I, I've kind of come to see this. I had a, a pharmacology course. We, they split it into two and they're going to change it again because it just, whatever the cons, the, the, the way they set it up just hasn't been working. <laughs> um, and you know, you get, you get this incredibly intelligent, very great, just a, incredible nurse. That's a, a, a DNP, but they had their focus in genetics. They work in like a, a, a neonatal ICU. Like they're a huge, huge resource if you want to talk to them about genetics and neonatal ICUs. Sure. I feel like sometimes the nursing instructors 
are too far removed. Like we're talking about, you know, at the bedside mm-hmm. and they don't understand the basics that need to be taught before they can go on to these really cool high level, you know, thinking that they would, that they learned whenever they went to get their masters and then they went to go and get their DNP. Um, and it's not saying that I want, you know, brand new nurses teaching nursing classes, but <laughs> guest lectures or yeah. Yeah. Or like podcasts. <laughs> exactly. So I think that gap is filled by, you know, podcasting and is filled by, um, even, you know, sometimes you follow people on Insta, you follow people on Twitter. Like we or, follow a ton on Twitter and just reading their little blips and blurbs. Mm-hmm. You, you can learn a lot from just that. Or YouTube. You know, you know, there's other YouTube nursing celebrities like uh, Michael Linares. Yeah. You know him? Mm-hmm. And Power RN. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, it's just, and I, and I think you just, you miss that. And you can't, it's hard to really have that like real personal relationship with a professor too. Cause like their ultimate job is to judge you and yeah. you know, and like yeah, pass or fail you. And, and so there's a little bit of animosity there where, you know, you guys aren't judging anyone with what you do and what you teach. And I mean, we have courses and things like that, but in the end, I'm not, I'm not judging. We don't, you know, our, our job and we feel our job is to, is to bridge that gap. Like, here's what you were taught. Here's what it actually means, you know? And yeah, you know, no judgment, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's a huge part. I mean, I always feel it very silly whenever, you know, we've both, I think, experienced this. We've probably talked about it on our podcast where you come into a class with some experience and you say, oh, well, yeah, that's how it looks in the book. But I've seen it this way. (laughs) And you kind of get shot down Mm. pretty, pretty hardcore whenever you say those types of things in class. I've learned to just be quiet. Yeah. And that's That's too bad. yeah. And I think that stifles what could be brought to the table from people that maybe were CRNAs for a number of years or even, you know, an LPN for a number of years. They they, they can bring a pretty valuable uh, perspective to a lot of the concepts that you learn in class. But it's this uh, this is pretty, you know, this holy dictator in front of the room mm-hmm. that has total control over everything. And I, I understand where they're coming from, too, because they get graded as well. At the end of the year, we fill out a survey. Right just about them not not about the course there's that's a whole different one so you know they have standards they have to meet and that's sort of the way that that the nursing profession has gone to are you know specific standards and the way it will actually even healthcare. you have numbers you need to make you have you know zero this or 100 percent this and <laughs> just kind of the way that it's going where everybody's getting graded you know 24 seven. And I think, so we talked before we started recording too, that you had been in business before this and yeah. And that was my first major as well. And it, and I've noticed yeah, it. We can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just like, it's the bureaucracy crap that I, that just pisses me off in everything. Like I lasted six months in my first business job. So it's like, yeah. I, like, let me just do my job. Dang it. You know? Yep. And then I went to nursing school and, and I had sit downs with the deans and stuff all the time. Like they, every time I sent an email, they were probably like, oh, it's John again, you know? Um, yeah, you yeah. know, trying like, Hey, what about this? And, and the, what you guys are experiencing the, Hey, you know, actually what I saw when I was in when I was an EMT, you know, well, we don't care about that, you know? And then, 
you know, the whole, and then when you're on the floor too, it's like, we're going to have zero cotties this year. We're going to pull every catheter. And it's like, hold, I got a diabetes insipidus patient who's, who's, who's comatose, who's lying in a bed, who's putting out four liters of, of urine a day. And you want me to remove a catheter that's going to end up in, in a bread, a, bed, a pressure ulcer. That's going to end up yep. with the patient getting sepsis, you know, from, from bone infection. Like, let's think like, I get it. We don't want a cotty, but come on, like, let's, isn't that what nursing is? Like, using your judgment you know like let's use judgment just sound judgment to like just improve the profession you know yeah i mean in, in uh, yeah they've, they've you know hospital-based uh or you know even like unit-based committees are great because you do learn the best practices based on people's experience mm-hmm. but it's the overarching blanket statements that mm-hmm. really i think would end up hurting in the end i mean we we just went through a, a customer service um service excellence thing that is based, you know, make sure your patient's smiling because you gave them a warm blanket type of deal. And I did some background research and it turns out that the company that our hospital system used to develop this program is the exact same one that was consulted whenever my (laughs) previous job was looking to revamp their customer service. And this, yeah. So two different industries to, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not developed just for healthcare. They just replace certain words. Like they replaced coffee with blanket. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, and I, I just, and it, it ends up being taught by somebody at the corporate office that sure. has always been, you know, on the, the human resources side of things or the, was a customer experience side. And you, you hardly see somebody teaching those courses that's coming in scrubs. Right. That just finished a 12 hour shift overnight. You never will either. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I think you ever will. You know, and that's um, why I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show me your stethoscope, Facebook group and movement and everything. Um, but they're pretty cool. Like they, so they started with the whole, uh, the view thing where they talked about yeah. how nurses don't use stethoscopes, whatever. So they started this Facebook group, but what they're doing with that group is they're actually trying to fix like nurse patient ratios. And so doing a lot of really good things as this nonprofit group. Mm-hmm. Um, the director is Jalil Johnson. You guys, he would probably be more than happy to come talk with you guys too. He's awesome. Um, but they're, yeah, they're really like nurses, grassroots floor practicing nurses that are trying to affect change. Mm-hmm. And, and I really love that. And I want their group to get more recognition because they're like pushing against these, you know, long held things of like, we're going to let the CEO who has a business major dictate what, how we run things in the hospital. You know, that just doesn't make sense. You know, in the end, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you have a chief nursing officer as well too, but I think they get immediately, immediately, as soon as that position is bestowed upon them, they get wrapped up into the business side of things. And you can't help it, you know? Yeah, it, exactly. And it's, it's a, it's not of their fault whatsoever. It's just the way that the machine is built. Right. They even um, start talking different too, don't they? They yeah. start talking like they've yeah. read every book on management and, <laughs> and they just start talking to you like, not like a person anymore. Like they talk to you like, what color yeah. is your parachute? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, forget it. <laughs> no, exactly. And it, it's unfortunate that when, when I was working in the ICU, we had a, this this just awesome floor nurse that got promoted to manager, and and she, you could see the struggle she was having because she she was really good friends, and we all love and still love her a lot. Um, you know, just awesome floor nurse, but there was that fight that she had to kind of fight. You know, of of like mm-hmm. this whole corporate side of zero cotties versus like what do the, what do the nurses need to take care of the patients? You know, and it was really difficult for her, and it was a huge struggle. You could tell for about the whole year that I was there watching her go through this transition. 
So. It's such a thankless job too. It, it, uh, I mean, nurse manager would be the worst job in the world. Yeah, and, yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Never. Yeah. yeah. And like I, I even say like, I like super simple things. Like <laughs> we, we have this app that uh, is called untapped and we love beer. So like we'll go on there and you know, we'll, we'll put our beer on there. We'll rate it. It's like a five-star rating system. I just want to have on there <laughs> thumbs up. I would buy it again. Thumbs down. I'm not going to buy it again. And I feel like that's almost the way that, you know, healthcare should be like you come into the ER instead of getting your massive, you know, 35 point, uh, survey, did you die? Yes or no. Yeah. And like, sounds and, like we did our that'd job. Be, <laughs> that'd be the standard, but it's not the standard and it's not going to be the standard ever. It's, it's going to constantly be, how did the, how did they manage your pain? Mm-hmm. How did they make your did family feel? Bring you water. Did they, how did they respond to the call? Like all that. Yeah, exactly. Which of course are great things. And I don't know if the profession itself kind of moved away from those things, like the basic common, you know, do this before you do this. So just give a warm blanket or reposition. Well, let me uh, ask you this with with that, like you guys work with a lot of nurses in the ED. Mm -hmm. I mean, the majority do you feel are doing the best for the patient or no? I mean, I don't. I mean, I think it's. I think it's very different in the ER than it is on the floor or the ICU. Well, yeah, I mean, yours is different, the yeah. best thing to do versus my different best thing to do, but... Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I see the majority of nurses, like, trying... I mean, there's one or two bad apples, but... Of course. Let's not revamp... Let's not, you know, overcomplicate everything for a cup, for everyone. Let's fire yeah. the bad apples and move on. Exactly. <laughs> and that, and that it, this day and age, is not what happens. I mean, no. you see that... You see that in... The, the, you know, the police and citizen relationship yes. now, yes. you have some bad apples on there, but they somehow still have their jobs and they, you know, it, it's, I don't know if it's the society that we live in now, but that's a whole different, that'd be like another three hour podcast we can do. It would be. And um, I feel like, like I'm listening to the last 20 minutes of us talking I just want to like give a little caveat to all the people who are nursing students and haven't worked healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think all three of us love healthcare. We love nursing. That's why we're doing what we're doing. It's not that, you know, this sounds very negative, but yeah, there are things. And I think people that listen to either you or I understand this, that there's things that need to be fixed, you know, yeah. and just closing a blind eye to it and pushing through isn't going to help. Like we need nurses that, that are confident in themselves and their skills and in what they're doing. Like, just like, just trust me that I'm going to do the best thing for the patient. Like I'm not, I'm not here exactly. for me. This is a terrible job to just be here for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that is, that is why we're here because you, nursing school isn't telling you this stuff. Right. You're, you're not learning this stuff in nursing school. And unless you have a job where you're learning it on your own, you know, on a floor or whatever, you're not learning this. Not at so, all. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what we've always wanted to bring to the, it's like the, you know, get ready for this stuff. It's not all bad. You know, it's kind of great when you don't have a nursing school instructor breathing down your throat at <laughs> on clinical when you have your own patients and you can manage those patients, you know, how you want to manage them. And you're ticking all the boxes they want you to tick, but it's your way of taking them, not right. the nursing instructor's way of taking them, which right. you may be totally opposed to. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an old profession. It's a profession that's been around forever and it's, it's, it's highly evolving, you know, as we speak in terms of, you know, just even the education that you can receive and still be considered a nurse. Um, and the, the medicine is constantly changing. It's great that nursing is also changing with medicine, but there's still those basic, you know, base level things that you need to do and that you have to have in terms of, a, like, you know, foresight as a nurse with a patient. You need to make sure that you have the basics 
And if everybody was doing the basics, I think a lot of the ways that we grade hospital systems or doctors or nurses, it would be different because if we were all doing the base stuff, they wouldn't have to have satisfaction surveys about, did you get a warm blanket while you were there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people also miss the mark whenever they first off come to the ER and they come for all sorts of stuff. Um, and it, that's just the way that the healthcare system is now that access to healthcare is very difficult, mm-hmm. especially in, you know, highly urban areas where the ER is your clinic, that right. is your primary care physician. And sometimes those patients that come often because they have nowhere else to go, they kind of get a little, you know, oh, this person's here again. <laughs> now you have some genuine frequent flyers that should not be in your ER every single week. But there are some that that's the only way they're able to do it. Mm-hmm. And they're not being captured by the system and said, okay, what can we do here? Yeah. yeah, to help them. Um, and that just complicates the health system, you know, health in general in the, in the, you know, in the U.S. It just further complicates it. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here nodding my head to everything you're saying. And it's like... You went pretty deep there. No, you so did. It's happens. like, I don't know <laughs> that I can even address any of that, but... <laughs> I, can you address... I, go ahead, Ben. No, I, but I, I agree 100%. And it's like, I think what we can do in our little circles, because I mean, you're right, we're not going to, we're not going to be able to fix the system. But I think, you know, hopefully we can fix the minds of some of the nurses and like, you know, mm-hmm. get these nurses to have courage to like, ask the simple questions like, why doesn't the ICU nurse come down here to take report? You know, that's something that, that seems easy to fix. It will take, you know, it's, it's difficult, obviously, because of the bureaucracy and stuff, but yeah. it's something that we can push for, you know? Sorry, what were you going to yeah. say? Oh, no, I was just, I didn't, I didn't know how much time you had left. I wanted to uh, get one more thing in. Yeah, man, ask for yeah, no, I just wanted to see what was next for your sort of brand and your website. Are you thinking about expanding into, you know, new and different mediums or are you just going to grow what you have or? Yeah. So I, that's actually what I was doing right before we called was just kind of <clears throat> looking over 2017 plan and, and what we're going to do. And I mean, 2016 for us was, was, was far more than we expected would necessarily come of it. You know, people really were very receptive to what we were offering and, and the story we were telling. And, and I think that for the immediate, what we want to do is, is kind of grow the community and grow the, you know, the, the inner SNG families, like what we like to call it, you know, just that we're all in this together and that the people that I think have gravitated to us, like we're all here kind of for the same reason, you know, we're, we're, we, we think it can be done better and we want it to be done better. And we know there's better resources and things out there. Um, but as far as like the NRSNG uh, brand itself, uh, the biggest thing we just kind of launched, and it was beginning of December, just a couple of weeks ago, is we launched uh, like a full fledged like nursing education academy. We 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 now have courses in OB, peds, mental health, farm, med surge, cardiac, EKG, labs, everything. Um, and so it's really to kind of keep growing that and making sure we're offering the the right thing for people because we kind of put it out there hoping it would kind of answer the big need that there is that, you know, there are the NCLEX prep companies alone that will prepare you for three weeks and then you never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are a lot of people offering stuff on, on YouTube and, and stuff like that. And so we really wanted to kind of bridge that even and say, okay, from, from the moment you decide you want to be a nurse till the moment you retire, you know, we want to have resources for you. Um, and that's, that's obviously a huge goal, but um, we are starting to have a lot of tools and, and things available for people that they can, 
come to us and kind of clarify all the junk and the mud that you're hearing in class. And then when you're on the floor, you have a question. It's like, dang, what, what, what was Addison's disease again? We have resources, cheat sheets, tools and stuff for you. So that's kind of the immediate plan. Long answer, I guess. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, we, I sing your praises all the time to people like in class that Thanks. haven't, uh, that haven't found you yet. A lot of people found you without even me mentioning it, but I think it's that you're talking about like the breakdown, you can just listen about this specific thing, like this one lab value. Um, and I know you're that, especially the lab value stuff helped on, uh, like fluid electrolytes whenever we took that test. Oh, that was huge. Like, you know, just, just paring it down to one, um, you know, one lab value and just looking at that and looking at what the consequences of that being off is, and that's actually how we ended up getting tested. So it was like, it was pretty much in line, which was really nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, I love podcasts. I know Ben does too. He's a big podcast guy <laughs> and, uh, we love it. And it's, it's, I think it's, it's definitely the next thing. Well, it's actually here already, I think. Yeah. You know, it's only going to grow. And I mean, I just want to say one more thing about kind of what you were saying. Like, I think the yeah. reason I've, broken everything down so simple is because I, I actually learn fairly slow. Like I, I even took like a physics class with my wife. We were both looking at going to med school and stuff. And we took a physics course and we spent all the same amount of time studying, did all the same things to study. And she's, you know, making 99s on the test with no problem. And I'm struggling to get a B, um, you know? And so I, I, I realized that I, this isn't how I learn. And when I went to nursing school, the guy that teaches the farm course for us, he actually kind of showed me how he studies and it's just breaking things down like if, if I don't understand sodium, I can't understand, um, uh, DI or, 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 you know, these, these different, uh, pituitary type issues. I have to understand flu- like sodium itself before I can understand, uh, edema. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I do it. Like if it takes me 40 minutes to understand what the, what the heck sodium even is like, so be it, but I'm going to do that and then I'll move on to the bigger. So, um, so yeah, so, let's, so podcast, what, what, uh, podcast do you guys listen to outside of nursing? I'm curious, <laughs> like best ones. We, I- yeah, I think we cut our teeth on. I mean, if we're talking like non-nursing, yeah, yeah, yeah. anything, we cut our teeth on Joe Rogan. Really? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he's he's just an interesting dude, and like I think the way that he interviews and the different types of people he has on is like a. That's why he's like almost a model for a lot of people. I think. Yeah, because he has such a huge variety of of guests. Like he'll have on a comic yeah, that's his friend, and then the next week he'll have on a, a, a neuroscientist. Mm. And he's blown away equally by both of them. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's a big one. I like I like Bill Burr. I like his Monday morning <laughs> podcasts. I saw he, he like I was actually just looking at his the other day. I haven't subscribed to it yet, but I saw the Monday morning. I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, it's good because it, it's all extremely, extremely current because it is literally him in the corner of his house just talking by himself. And uh, I think he's just a funny dude. So he's got some good insights. On a That's lot cool. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was basically saying what we're thinking. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. I think that's what's so, again, like there's just the intimacy of podcasts. It's like, you know, like you can be in a, in, a, in a crowded gym running on the treadmill and it's like you're having a personal conversation, you know? Yep, absolutely. Uh, I just had a four hour drive today. I put on a four hour podcast and I was here. Nice. I mean, that's, it, that's what's better than that? Yeah. I mean, I, I drove down to South Carolina or no, North Carolina. And I was starting to doze off. But as soon as I put on a podcast, I mean, I was like, I was in the room with them having this intellectual conversation. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. There it is. I was totally engaged. And and before you knew it, you're at the beach house. So (laughs) 
That's cool. I'm kind of looking at the top podcast right now. <clears throat> the only one, so I, I I tried the uh, how I built this. It's pretty cool. It's a new one by NPR, and they they bring in like Mark Cuban was on. And they talk about like his journey through becoming Mark Cuban. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so. there's this one that uh, Slate puts on. It's a it's a people in different professions. They talk about their profession. No, oh, yeah. Oh, it's called Worked. Something yeah, like that. I think I've seen that one. Can't remember what it is, and we don't have a executive producer over in the corner. A producer in the corner. Yeah, have you have your producer look that up real quick? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> gotten to that point yet. Maybe, maybe in a couple years. Yeah, dude. Um, Got to start somewhere. Son's here. He's been kind of running around, so maybe in a couple years we'll get him to produce the show. <laughs> there you go. He can do uh, sound effects and stuff on the yeah, side. He, he he probably know it all better than we do. Um, <laughs> so I mean, you know, it, it is it is the holiday season. And I think this this question has been going around a lot at work. I don't know if you've been in part of these conversations, Ben, mm-hmm. but um, talking about Christmas movies. And I think the big question is Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie or is it not a Christmas movie? <laughs> I'm not even qualified. I, you know, I haven't even seen Die Hard. Oh, no, wait, wait, don't, don't hang up. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. <laughs> <laughs> hang up, delete. Yeah, delete. <laughs> screw it. I, you know, I didn't even watch that many movies. Like, I didn't even watch many movies until I got married. I didn't even watch, I don't know what I did as a kid growing up because I didn't watch like TV and movies. I don't know what I was doing. You're probably doing the right thing. You're probably out, yeah. you know, scra- scraping your knees and I doing guess. cool stuff outside. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, my wife kind of introduced me to this, to this thing called TV. So I'm trying to catch up. But. <laughs> So, but, but yeah, so we got the the whole Roku thing now. We do the, uh, we do Netflix, got the Amazon Video go. Direct. But I've been, uh, yeah, so I can't even answer that. All right, so do some research then. I think I have a feeling we'll be talking <laughs> come back again. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah you I have a feeling we'll be talking again on, on the podcast. <laughs> so do some research for us yeah. and uh, get back to us in at least 250 words. Gotcha. Thanks. Okay. We're, 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 APA. We're, you know, we're turning it over. You know, you're the one educating, but now yeah. we're going to educate you. Appreciate it. <laughs> So I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Ben and Greg with Real Talk Nursing. It was just a lot of fun to connect with these guys and to talk about so many aspects of nursing. I think that there's so much that, that more that we could talk about. Uh, and it was just a ton of fun to connect with these guys. If you guys head over to Real Talk Nursing uh, here in iTunes, uh, in Stitcher, anywhere, you also can head over to social media, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere, and just look for Real Talk Nursing. You guys, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being part of the Center SNG family. Uh, everything that we do is for you guys, and we just want you to succeed. We want you to have the tools, the confidence, everything you need to succeed in your journey as a nurse. Now, with all that said, I want you to go out and be your best self today. Happy nursing.